Hello listeners, Iceman here. Just to give you a heads up on this episode of the Fantasy Football Surgery Podcast, we recorded this around Bully's house, and there was a slight problem with the recording software. So apologies for the quality of sound on our behalf. We should be back to normal next week. I hope you enjoyed the episode. Please let us know if you did. Iceman, I'm here to record. I can't find you. I've gone past reception, through the double doors, around the back of the conference room. I'm in the stairwell. Where do I go next? Up the podcast. Up the podcast. Okay, welcome back everybody once again. It's the 61st episode of the Fancy Football Surgery Podcast coming to you on the 8th of May 2017. This has been recorded just after Chelsea have all but guaranteed themselves a title with a 3-0 victory over Middlesbrough. More about that in just a moment. First of all, welcoming back the Iceman. Thank you, Billy. Welcome back yourself. Thank you very much, sir. And uh, we've got another special guest on this week. He was on with us just over sort of a month, a month and a half ago, all the way from India. We welcome back Sid. Uh, hi, guys. Uh, excited to be back. Thanks for joining us once again, Sid. Short notice on this one, so much appreciated for that. Um, now, there was an accusation wrongly thrown against us recently that coming on this podcast taints you a bit like the FIFA and uh, Madden cover curse. How have you been getting on since we last spoke to you? Uh, so I've been getting on pretty okay. I actually wildcarded in game week 30 because I was having a, a nightmare of a season. Uh, since then, I've gone up about 250k, so pretty okay f- for me. So what you're saying is you've been flying since you've been on the pod. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess I guess you can call that. That is specifically that. what I heard you say there. Thank you. We'll be uh, looking to see how you got on with your game week in just a moment, Sid. Chaps, it's uh, it's been interesting. We're, we're right in the middle of a double game week here, the first of the double-double game week, so to speak. Saints and Arsenal have played their first game. Iceman, how are you getting on so far? I'm not doing terribly. I, the worst decision this week is benching company. But I just had that choice of whether to bench him, uh, Yoshida, Alonso, Monreal. So I've started Yoshida, Monreal and Alonso. Obviously it was wild card week. So I'm on 55 at the moment, which is pretty strong. Up to 40k, I was right down to 56k. So um, yeah, not faring too badly. Still waiting for this. Arsenal game for Sanchez to come good because he's my captain, like he probably was most. So let's see, who have we, who have we got left to play this game week? So I've got Ward-Prowse, Sanchez, Yoshida, Monreal and Czech left. So decent decent mix there actually. And Sanchez, we, we fancy him to come good at some point, would we not? Oh yes, he, he needs to. Well, more on him in a moment, we'll get Sid's view on him. Sid, how are you getting on so far this game week? Um, I say okay, About 50, I'm on 53 after I had a Alonso bonus. I'm hoping that it'll be three points. Uh, I have six players left, which is Czech and Koscielny, who I got in these, this week. I also have Sanchez captain. I have uh, the ultimate troll, James Bordpross, <laughs> and uh, Gabbiadini, and uh, the ever-so-consistent uh, Yoshida, who's been very good for me. So I have six players left. So hopefully like a, a decent green arrow this week. Did you just call JWP the ultimate troll? <laughs> Yeah, I, I I can't I couldn't think of another word from him for him because I got him in game week thirty and I had like this this huge vision of him scoring these good points at five million and uh, like me tweeting about him, but it's just not happened. 
So you, you're kind of an example because I know you played your wild card earlier than most because most played it last week. Kind of example that it does work to play your wild card earlier. Did you take a hit this week? So um, yeah, I took a minus four. I got check in Koshelny in for De Gea and Valencia, who I, I had on my game week thirty wild card. Oh, so it's worked out quite so, nicely then. Yeah, so it's worked out okay, I guess. Um, so I was, I'm not having like a great season, but the wild card actually was okay for me because um, I really had not much to lose. So since then, I've had a steady rise every week. So I think overall, uh, in terms of effect, I think it was sort of the right decision for me at that time. Good going, good going. So st- Sid, you're still very much in the game week with points to be scored there. I've had a decent game week once again. Well, I'm 64 so far before the three... Alonso bonus tonight. In terms of Southampton players I went for, I've got Stevens who got me seven. He got that bonus point. Of course, we weren't expecting necessarily a clean sheet against Liverpool. My big result for the week has been Fraser Forster in goal. So much jam. jam. Wasn't expecting a penalty (laughs) save. That was a bonus. But my rationale for putting him in, I wanted a goalkeeper in both double game weeks. In the second double game week, I did look at Caballero, but I just trusted Forster a little bit more than him. And Saints usually keep a clean sheet every one in three or four, so I thought at some point I'd get some returns. But it turned out he made eight saves, he saved a penalty, he kept a clean sheet, he got three bonus, he just about did everything. So he's got the 16, so as far as I'm concerned, he can put his feet up against Arsenal and do what he wants, because that's a, that's a great return. Alonso tonight also had Costa as well. I'm on a bit of a captain fail with Ozil at the moment. He only got me a clean sheet, but he does have a chance to redeem himself against the Saints, so we'll see what happens there. Mm-hmm. Um, at the moment, I'm currently ranked uh, 5,600th, hoping to move up after the Chelsea performance tonight. Doing really well this season. Is this your best season so far? In terms of... Um, I've won our mini-league previously, but without finishing as high up as I am at the moment. So in terms of placings... This is definitely nosebleed territory, a hundred percent. And for those of you in the um, in the top ten of the fantasy football surgery mini league, I am right on your tails. Yeah. I've actually passed Patrick Houghton, yeah. aka Cheating Ian's second team. If you're <laughs> listening, so <laughs> so let's go through our top ten indeed. So we had Mika on the podcast last week. He's up into tenth place. We've got Yossi G's back in the top ten in ninth with OK. We've got Anticlante United, Andreas Alanda in 8th, Hart Dandruff Flakes, Tom Copping is 7th, Kingings Mings, Darren Anthony Hoy is in 6th, we've got Paul Hagland in 5th, Vivesh Reddy is in 4th, Abdullah Al Mamoun is in 3rd, Matthew Greco up to 2nd, and top with a 50 point gap to spare, we've got the Bricklayers with Anders FK. He played his wildcard, I think, the week before last, didn't he? Because he had Aguero. And he's taken out Aguero and put in Jesus, so he's scoring yeah 55 at the moment. He also went company and started him, unlike me, but it just shows the difference between top spot and me. <laughs> Specifically, <laughs> I've got to say, I was looking at um, where the big point scorers were this week, and it, it appears to be KDB is the huge differential, so we'll get on to him when we talk about City. Um Chaps, we're going to go with a similar format. Now, I know we've talked about the double game weeks endlessly, perhaps for the last month. However, with things changing and team form changing each week, we're going to stick with the same theme. We're going to go through the double game week teams for game week 37. If you haven't used it yet and you've already used your wild card for me, this is absolutely the the last chance you have to bench boost. So do it. Don't forget to click that button. I've asked the Iceman to set a reminder to let me know come the weekend. But we're going to go through the double game week teams first, and then we're going to move on to the individual fixtures. So, 
First of all, we've got Arsenal, which is the first double game week team. So we're going to look at them playing against Stoke and Sunderland. Sid, as you're our guest, would you like to lead us off and tell you what I think you think about Arsenal in this next double game week? Um, so I think uh, there are like two sets of players. One who played the wildcard early. Uh, then I think it's actually three. One who played the wildcard last week and just a small portion who have not played their wildcard who possibly forgot or weren't aware of the rule that you can't, you can't bench boost in wildcard. So I think for anyone who's uh, who's made it so far and whatever strategy they've chosen, I think keeping Sanchez is an easy move. It sort of blocks out others who will be who will obviously have him. Most players have him. I think it's very important to have one defender in. So if you don't have anyone in and if you're looking for someone cheap, I think holding is a very easy choice because he's played this week. He's played really well. He can play the next two matches because I think Arsenal have something to fight for. They would at least want to finish fifth, if not fourth. And I think I think holding is okay. If you have the money, uh, I'd go Koscielny over holding. But I think that's about it. I don't see anyone in midfield other than Sanchez who I'd want. I wouldn't want Giroud. I wouldn't want Ozil. I think Ozil is a bit too expensive. So Sanchez and and a defender for me. That's it. That's for that's it. Like for me, that's about it. Just coming back on holding. Obviously, a lot of people were thinking that Gabriel was nailed on for his starts, and I did see in the game against Spurs he was playing and he conceded the penalty, uh, knocked over Kane. On Football Weekly, they mentioned that someone could lip read Arsene Wenger, and he actually said he does that every time when he knocked over Kane. So it just shows that he was not starting in the next game. Whether he's going to bring him back, give him another chance, no one actually knows that. It's it's very difficult to predict who Wenger's going to start at the moment in terms of Holding and Gabriel, because Holding did actually set up Rooney quite nicely in the United game. Um, That kind of puts his space up for grabs in a way. I mean, it's difficult to know. A lot of people are kind of wanting to go for that four million defender, but I would just stay away. It's, It's too risky for me. Yeah, I think it's it's a hard one to call, actually. Uh, I said holding just because of the cash. So if you have Holgate, because I heard that Holgate might not play this week and they might start Kenny instead of him. So if you're really looking for a switch and if you're really desperate, I think holding is the one. Because if you don't have cash, so, so, so suppose I don't have cash and I might need to get in a defender, which is, say, about four, four and a half million, because I want to get Hazes in for Benteke. For for someone who's in, who's in need, I think it's it's the sort of punch you can take, but... Obviously, if you have the cash, then you'd rather spend it on Koscielny, who's a much more nailed-on player, or maybe Montreal. But if you don't have it, then if your hand is forced, I'd probably go for him. Interesting. The only player I'll add to those that discussion, chaps, I think it is a difficult one between... Um, I, I am actually a Gabriel owner myself, and I fell victim to him not playing, so I've got... Uh, Davis coming on for me of a nice two if he doesn't come in the next game. The, the only other player I'd pick looking at form and differential, I really like Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain in this right wing-back slot. I think it's absolutely made for him. He's adapted to it probably uh, similar to Moses. And I think if you put him there over the course of the season, he would just get better and better. But of course, in FPL, we're all about points. We're not so much about you know all the other things, all the other qualities. So, But he had a good week this game week. He obviously provided the two, the two assists, plenty of evidence in the game forward as well as defending he's still only 5.8 million and he scored 28 in the bonus point system and I just wondered with Chamberlain because he can dribble with the ball he can pass he can have a shot he has real potential with game time to, to rack up those bonus points so I do like the look of him as a differential option obviously we've only got two game weeks left and this would be an absolute outright punt if you were looking to do something different 
to catch up in your mini league. Um, Iceman, do you have any views on him? Well, yeah, he loves the dribble. He's uh, one of the highest in the league. I think he's in the top ten of dribblers. He had six in the last game. He only had one attempt on goal, though, so if you're looking for goals, he's not really the guy to have. But it is his distribution which you're kind of looking for. <clears throat> he's got, in the last game, he, he's got seven crosses into the box, creating two chances, and from those two chances, he got the two assists. So... He is capable of getting multiple assists, and he is quite cheap, so I can see him as a pretty good option if if you haven't got enough money for the likes of Ozil or Sanchez. But a lot of people are wanting to ditch Sanchez, and I don't know if that's the best option. I'm hanging on to him because we are playing two weak teams in Stoke who have just conceded two, and Sunderland who are down and out, and I know they won their last game, but they still didn't look that good. If you look at it in terms of getting involved in the game against United, Sanchez was very much involved. He got 81 touches, which was third out of all the Arsenal players. And he got the most touches for any Arsenal player in the opponent's half and in the final third. And he's also top uh, for touches in the box. It shows he is getting a lot of the ball. He just... United were very tight in that game. Yeah, you know, they weren't giving anything. They weren't even shutting our players down. They were kind of just letting them play. So he was kind of more of a provider than goal scorer. But he did get two attempts on goal. He played a few dangerous balls into the box. He created two as well. But I think in these next games coming up, he's going to get more and more because you know, he's not going to be playing a United defence. And they were very resolute. I know you're a fan of United. What did you make of the game, Sid? So United really didn't play. Um, I do. I don't. I didn't see them playing uh, much. I think uh, in the first half, in sp- maybe the first twenty minutes, I saw some fight. Uh, Arsenal were also. I think both teams were like the standard of football was really terrible. I was a bit ashamed uh, to be a United fan yesterday because we were getting beat by a really, really, really pathetic team yesterday, and we were as bad, I guess. And the first goal was, I don't know if that would have gone in. I think that's a one out of 100 shot that goes in. And uh, I think Sanchez, on the other hand, even though he didn't look great, I think he looked okay and he's always lively. And he was, I think he had about four to five chances where he could have actually assisted the, if someone would have actually want to score. Yeah, it's, it's just that Sanchez has that unique uh, explosive capability where he can score three or four goals, which just doesn't make me um, even think about dropping him. I've done it a couple of times. I did it against West Ham. I got Hazard in that week. And how it ended up, I can never forget that. So, I think it's it's just the 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 fear factor. Like like Aguero had that fear factor before he started getting rotated for no reason. I think Sanchez is one you should just like just keep him in and just hope that he performs because anyway everyone has him. So I think maybe fifty percent of the live teams have him. So if I don't see the risk at this point of dropping him. The, uh, yeah, so chaps, I'm just going to round up this discussion on Arsenal because we've been talking about them for a little bit there. It's a fair point I think you make on um, their said about Sanchez and how reliable he could be. Just before we move on, I just want a quick one from Anders, who's top of our league. But is Ramsey a viable option? And he did play really well in that game against United. It is going to be a punt if you do go Ramsey, in my opinion. His stats are starting to improve, so maybe he's one of these players who are going to finish strong towards the end of the season Arsenal do need to keep performing they are fighting for something they're not a dead team like the likes of West Brom etc so I would say that Ramsey is a viable option if you want to take that punt but yeah I would say it's a quite a big punt potentially but I mean you know we've seen that the class of Ramsey when he plays for, for Wales it's just 
for some reason it hasn't quite got back to the form of two years ago for Arsenal and FPL this season. Having said that, again in the new formation this might suit him a little bit better. Just to say, I mean, if we look at Arsenal, the only downside to this is going to be Obviously, they're chasing the top four, so there's lots of positives here, but they've got Saints on the 10th. They then play on the Saturday away at Stoke, and then they're at home against Sunderland on the Tuesday. So there's a lot of football in a short space of time. So that's just where I think Gabriel and Holding, you might see some kind of rotation there. But uh, lots of options of Arsenal. Um, Chaps, let's move on to um, their, their opponents, which are coming up in this current game week, which is Southampton. I think we're all surprised to see a nil-nil against Liverpool, perhaps with the bonus points going to the Saints defenders as well. Iceman, if I could come to you first for this one. Saints have got, obviously, this last game against Arsenal in this game week coming up. They then play Middlesbrough and Man United. So, for me, there's another clean sheet in there against Middlesbrough, particularly after how they performed against Chelsea tonight and the fact that they're down. What are your views on the Saints? Well, the Saints, they they didn't play well against Hull the week before and they didn't get a shot on target until the 81st minute. And I don't think they played that well against Liverpool. I think they were under the cosh the whole game. They just seemed to have defended really well and, in in a way, got away with it. But they were try- like they were still trying. There is a uh, this term of people teams are on the beach. Maybe it, that's not the case for Southampton. You, you did get very lucky with Forrester, though. He he's the second worst keeper in terms of stats in the league, just above Bravo for shots saved. So that pick was very shrewd, and uh, that penalty save was really kind of... Well, that's a lot of jam which you've just had there, Billy. Really. <laughs> it's not to say that they're not viable options. I just think they can't see that many points. If you've got the, the cheap defenders of Stevens and Yoshida, obviously keep them. I wouldn't throw them anywhere. There's probably more pressing things elsewhere if you do want to change your team. In fact, it might even be worth bringing them in. But I'm just saying, be wary because they're not playing great football at the moment. You're not expecting high scores from all of these players, really. Sid, what, what do you what do you make of all the Southampton players? Is it if you've got them, keep them. If you haven't, don't bring them in or bring in uh, just the defenders. I won't bring in any attacking options. I think what I it's very simple with Southampton. I'll just give you a, a, a few stats. So, in terms of their shots on target in the last five games, Tardich has three shots on target, which is the highest in the last five games. Other than that, the highest, uh, the second highest is Romeo, Gabbiadini, oh. Bertrand and Yoshida, who have one shot each in the last five games. In the last five, so, wow. Yeah, so you can, you can clearly see that they're absolutely, this is shots on target. So, you can see that they're absolutely struggling to score goals <clears throat> I heard that PL was also. Um, I think there was some rift in the in the camp, and the fans were. They have a problem with him. Gabbiadini has gone off in in both the games after 65, 70 minutes. So it's it's. I think it's the sort of they have two easy games. That's the only thing. Middlesbrough are, uh, got relegated today. United are going to play a second uh, second tier team or whatever it is. So I think you you should probably keep them. I see, I see clean sheets, but if you have them, don't expect Gabriel to score like two goals. Uh, I th- I think he'd be lucky to if, if he gets in gets one goal in and maybe a clean sheet. I think I can see a clean sheet there. So a good six six to eight points for the defenders. So I think keep if you have, uh, but don't buy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think I I agree with that. I mean, a lot of people are kind of... Because of these Yoshida and Stevens picks, which are so cheap, and no one's looking at Cedric or Bertrand down the right right and left-hand side. And did you Have you ever looked at those two players? Have, have you ever considered those? So, um, I think Cedric uh, is friendly at his price. But I think, again, uh, there can be some rotation there because 
the games are really quick and uh, i think they have four games in i think 13 days so i think cedric and burton might get rotated because matt target is back who plays left back i also think they have a they have a they have a cover up for suarez cedric suarez so i won't go near them i think a little more pricey also stephens and uh, yoshida have done well they've also gotten a few bonus points in so i don't see any beyond them i think they're good value at their price Okay, so some uh, some views on Southampton there. Let's move on to Chelsea. So they're going to be playing West Brom on Friday the 12th after the Arsenal game on the Wednesday, uh, well, directly after. And then on the Monday following, they've got Watford. Now, they could have the title won by this point. They only actually need, I think it's one more win, and they've got the league yeah. wrapped up anyway. So the question for everyone has been, will they still perform to a high level Will their players still play? Now, my personal opinion on this is they will. And I believe we've got some questions from social media on this, Iceman. Uh, yeah, well, um, Steve Cookson is actually asking whether to swap Alexis to Hazard for the double game week or is Costa enough cover? See, not to actually buy any Chelsea players because you never know if they're just going to get all rotated or they're just not going to start any of them. It's, it's now... It's now a risk to buying any Chelsea players, but I wouldn't necessarily sell any. Although I am thinking about selling Pedro now. But what's what's your opinion on that, Sid? Would you swap Alexis to Hazard? No, no way. I don't think so. Because uh, see, the thing with the Hazard is that he might play the first game. Actually, he will play the first game. But I see them uh, getting three points there, and after that, I really think that players like Willian, players like uh, Chaloba, uh, Loftus Cheek. Uh, AK I think John Terry obviously would get a, lo- a few of the games I think uh, there'll be a lot of rotation I think Bachuai will come in for Costa at some point so I think there's a bit of even the uh, slight amount of uncertainty makes us uh, not want to spend points or even a free transfer at this stage on a player we don't know will play 100% both the games uh, Sanchez will definitely play play both of the games and Sanchez and Hazard are I think very similar on ability in any given game So I definitely wouldn't spend a transfer on that. Yeah, I have to agree with that. I think that's my my view as well. Um, I wouldn't be taking Alexis out. I think he's got better fixtures over this particular double game week. Potentially, if he's explosive and you've got him captain, he could really make the difference for you at the end of the season. I do think, however, though, I do strongly believe that Hazard will feature in both of these games. Conte's a professional manager. He's done a great job at Juve and with the Italian national side. I think... Definitely we'll see some rotation in that final game of the season at home against Sunderland. But the rest of it, I, th- I think you will see Chelsea remain strong in those last two fixtures. Yeah, because they've got the FA Cup at the end of the season. And that's not that far away from that last game. But like Mika mentioned last week, it's kind of does he want to keep the informed team keep playing? Like yeah. keep the momentum going? Okay. Uh, yeah, I think he might do as well. I, I don't think there's going to be that much rotation. But it's just a risky side to it. And it is a risk to... To bring someone in from Chelsea, knowing that they've got one game. Who's it against? Who are they playing? Okay, so the first ones are, they're away at West Brom and they're away. Yeah. Sorry, they're home against. So, Redford, so, so they can win it at West Brom and then that's it, isn't it? It's just it is a risk if you if you want to bring in someone. And the, the other, I suppose, the other scenario that could play out. Let's say you don't account for that and you take Chelsea players out. What if they don't get the result against West Brom? There's a freak loss there for whatever reason. Then they've got to win that game against Watford. And they've got to play those players. So I think you're better off covering that than you are kind of shipping out and expecting them to have a bit of a cakewalk till the end of the season. Yeah, so I think the, the kind of consensus here is that don't buy and don't sell. Uh, yeah, well, also, don't swap specifically. 
just just a small point on Hazard. In the last twenty games, uh, home and away combined, Hazard has only scored two away goals. I think he would have played so, say sort of ten matches, ten mm. or eleven matches. Uh, he's only scored against Bournemouth and West Ham away. So in say ten games, he scored two in two away goals. So he and he's playing his first fixture away from home. Yeah. So and West Brom also another stat on West Brom. West Brom have lost all their uh, the last three home matches one nil. And in the last ten home matches, they've conceded ten goals. So they probably will concede one goal or a maximum of two. I feel they're not. You can't push them over. Like you can, I think like Chelsea pushed uh, Middlesbrough away, away today. I really don't think they can do that to West Brom. So I think the first fixture will be low scoring, and then with the chance of them getting rotated in the second game, uh, just doesn't feel right somehow. I think they're, they're fair points you uh, you make there, Sid. Absolutely. So, so we've agreed no no hazard for Sanchez or Sanchez for Hazard rather. The other players we like. If you've got Alonso, I'd 100%. I wouldn't take him out. I know he costs a lot as a defender, but me and the Iceman were talking about this earlier. He's actually scored or assisted 11 goals this season in that fullback position. Thank you to the Iceman for that stat. And I just think, you know, even if you're looking to spread the cost at 6.5 million or however much he's worth to you now, he's just too lethal either way to justify getting rid of him. So I, I would be keeping him to the end of the season pretty much regardless. The other Chelsea player of interest, though, is Fabregas. He's, he's kind of stepped in for Kante tonight. He's got a couple of assists. He's, he's gone home with some bonus points as well. Iceman, do you have any views on our other old favourites at the Emirates, Fabregas? Well, it's just his game time, isn't it? You're never <laughs> quite sure whether he's going to get 100%. I don't know what happened to what happened to Kante. What was, what I, was I, I think Kante had, like, had a hip strain or something, like right. a minor injury, not very, like, precautionary, precautionary rest. Yeah, yeah OK, yeah, because I did shout Matish last week and he got a goal today. Nice. Uh, I didn't keep him in my team. In fact, if I did have him in my team, I probably would have benched him being honest about it but yeah he is still cheap and he's still playing I do think he'll probably play these next year especially if Kante is has got a niggle I think he'll play regardless he he might be still a good option but I suppose if, if Kante's still out then Fabregas is a great option he, if, if he willing to take a punt yeah he's probably a viable option for, for me Sid? Um, with with Fabregas, I don't know. I I feel he can. He's again one who can miss a game uh, because he's played the full ninety today. I just feel that he might miss one of the games with Conte and Martic or maybe Loftusci coming in. I I wouldn't get him in. Uh, he's a he's a he's a good pick. It it just depends upon how much risk you're willing to take. Uh, in the last five games, though, he has nine attempted assists and he got I think uh, two assists today and he has four assists in fact in the last five games. So, in terms of stats, if he plays, he's definitely a very, very good pick at his price. 6.9 million, very, very good value. But it just depends upon how much risk you're willing to take with Chelsea. I don't know. I would. I don't know if I would buy a player. If he, if I had him, I would definitely 100% keep him. But I don't think I'd buy him now. Okay, interesting. Yeah, so he certainly gives a differential option. I'm going to move his chaps on to the next double game week team. Now, I'm taking a slight turn here, mainly because they're on the same night as Chelsea within the double game week. I'm going to bring us to Watford, who've got two games. Obviously, the position they're in at the moment, they're on 40 points now, so they are pretty, bar some miracle in terms of goal difference, they are pretty much safe. They've got three games left. However, they are away to Everton and away to Chelsea at all. So personally, unless you've accommodated a player within your team, a lower-priced player, I know we mentioned Mariapa last week as a really, really cheap option. I still don't really fancy him, if I'm being honest or if you've punted on someone like Troy Deeney, I don't see a lot of value in Watford. Sid, have they featured in your wildcard team at all, or do you like the look of them in any way? 
No, nothing. <clears throat> actually, in game week, uh, game week thirty, I was looking for a fifth defender, and I actually thought about Watford. I looked at the fixtures, and they were so terrible that I couldn't look at them again. <laughs> so, so uh, yeah, they were so bad, and actually, they were they playing so bad, and I just don't like the look of th- their formation. Nothing is working for them. Uh, so, I think Tom cleverly had the highest shots before today. Actually, he had three shots on target. So he um, he's the, uh, yeah, he was he was actually like surprisingly he was actually okay. Yeah. He actually has eight attempted assists as well in the last five games. So um, he's one option, but I I don't think I'd, I I do I, in my right mind I won't do it. Like in my in, if I'm in my senses I won't get him in. I won't get anyone in. In fact, I think they'll lose both the games. I think they'll lose both the games to a nil score. I don't see them scoring in the last five games. I think they've scored one goal, maybe. Yeah, I think they won at Swan versus Swansea at home. Other than that, I think they'll concede two goals each away. So nothing from them nothing for me. Particularly, no. The the only player I can see on the top transferred in players is Sebastian Prodel at four point three million. Nice man. What what are your views on Watford? Yeah, don't get any of them, including Dini. Uh, doesn't seem to even be starting. So no, no there's, there's better options elsewhere. So we are we are fully anti Watford for this week. In that case, chaps, I'm going to treat you and bring you back to a, a couple of clubs that might have a bit more value. Let's um, start with Leicester City. So they their first game in the double game week. They're actually kicking us off on the Saturday, the 13th, and they play against Manchester City at 12:30 away from home. Their second game in the week is on the Thursday against Tottenham Hotspur. So they've got two. Pretty nasty fixtures there if you're looking at form, although you could argue Spurs are wounded, but they, I think they'll be probably well back on track by that point. We've seen the, the value of Vardy. He's done it again at the weekend in terms of being involved uh, in great form at the moment. Again, I, I would come back to, if you're look, if you're behind in your mini-league, he won't be everybody's first choice, but he's definitely in form, and Leicester are definitely scoring a bit more. I still don't. I know they've kept a clean sheet, but I still don't think the Man City defence is watertight. Although Company has shored things up a little bit for them as a differential punt, I would say Vardy is an option. He's still sort of in that nine point nine price category. Sid, any views on Leicester? Um, uh, so, so the centre back, I think his name is Benaloon uh, yeah. or something like that. Uh, he's one uh, I would look at. He's cheap. I do, I, but you have to monitor Morgan. So if Morgan and Huth are both fit, I think both of them play. That's one you can look at. But you have to monitor that. I wouldn't suggest getting him in straight because he's uh, price friendly. But I'm not sure if he'll start both the games. So that's one uh, to look at. Other than that, I think just uh, if you're lagging behind your uh, in your mini leagues, Vardy and Mahrez are both good options. City can concede. I think even Tottenham can concede away from home, though they hardly concede against anyone. Um, so I think just look at Wardy and Mahrez if you're chasing. If you're leading, I'd probably stick with Kane and Costa. If you're if you're chasing, then definitely Mahrez is is one because I think he's on penalties. Wardy as well, again producing again and again. Since uh, Ranieri has gone, he's been just doing it every week. So Wardy is definitely one to look at. People are looking at these cheaper options in the terms of Ndidi and Albrighton. And just to warn people about purchasing either one of these two, 
is that Leicester are actually bottom of attempts on goal over the last four game weeks. All Brighton's only had the one shot in those four game weeks. Obviously, that's gone in in the last game, so he looks like he's, he's getting lucky. He doesn't seem to get that many shots. Obviously, it was against Watford. They did play Watford, didn't they? Yeah, everyone scores against Watford. It, it, was, it was against Watford, so obviously he's not going to get that every single game. Indeed, he, he got lucky from a corner. He's actually better than All Brighton for stats. Four goal attempts in his last four. But yeah, just to kind of note that there are bottom of attempts on goal in the last four. So it's like maybe stay away, in, in my opinion, even if you're looking for a cheap option. Yeah, I think just one player I actually forgot mentioning. I think uh, Robert Hooth is one who's been uh, threatening the goal. Obviously, he scored an own goal and he scored a goal on the opposite end. Uh, but I think he's one uh, you can look at. He has that knack of getting uh, these headed goals in. So you can look at him, I think. Yeah, and Leicester, again, like saying, sometimes are good for a shot clean sheet every now and again. So I think there's some viable options. I have to say, I put uh, Ben Luan in, in my side as well. Unfortunately, he's very much on the bench for me this week. So I'm not going to see any of his six-point returns. But I was completely confident about the return of Wes Morgan, having read the news it looks more hopeful than it did concrete. We're just looking at some stats about it now, and still, he we're not totally confident he might be back for that game on the 13th, but it is a hamstring strain, so these things can take longer than we think, so we will see. Well, let me uh, move us on to the side they're playing first, and that's Man City, who I think actually we saw turn up for the first time in quite a while. Huge victory for them over the weekend. And uh, Iceman, let me allow you to sing the praises of Vincent <laughs> Company. Yeah, I brought him in in terms of hoping a master that he was, stroke. He was going to get the, that goal which he did today. Brilliant. Just yeah, didn't didn't play him. Um oh. I, <laughs> I, I, I blame all you guys because I, I talked to everyone about it. I was like, oh, shall I start him? Shall I not? Everyone's like, no, nah, you've got it right. You've got it right. Anyway, towards the end of the season, City are playing for something now, aren't they? So Pep's going to start his best team. I feel like he's going to play every game. I can't see him being dropped at the moment. He seems to be fit and playing well. City, they've got an abundance of options, really. The only thing is, De Bruyne, obviously, a lot of people are going towards Lots him. Lots of questions about De Bruyne. Yeah, we, we do have a few. A lot of people are going towards him. He did get that 17-point hole in the last game, but... He's not as consistent as he, as he could be for his price tag. I know we can probably say the same about Sanchez, but Sanchez only blanks three in a row, I think. Um, in fact, just to go back on Sanchez, he blanked three games, then he scored against Borough. Now he's blanked three games, so I'm hoping for a goal against Southampton. Going back to City, I looked at KDB in my wild card briefly, and then I saw that Silva was coming back. And when Silva is back, he tends to hold back a little bit more. When Silva isn't there, he goes forward quite a lot. And if you look at his assists in the last game, the free kick he took was pretty decent towards Otamendi. It was against Crystal Palace, who were playing with three fullbacks at centre-back. So you've got to keep that in mind that they haven't played that system very often. So it looks like City have taken advantage of that big time. And Kevin De Bruyne has been the beneficiary of this. I wouldn't make the move to switch the likes of Hazard or Sanchez to go KDB because I don't think he's going to actually have a, a better haul than those two players. I think that as fantasy managers, we jump too much at when a player has scored high and I think this might be the case for KDB. I'm not saying he's, he's not going to score any goals or he's not going to get any assists because 
City have both got their two games at home, so it's more than likely that they're going to score well against Leicester and West Brom. But again, Leicester and West Brom are both pretty good defensively, so I can't see them swamping them like they did Crystal Palace. So there are a lot of options for City. Who are you looking at, Sid, for City at the moment? Who have you got? I take it you've got Hayes, because it looks like everyone's got him. So uh, I actually just have... I actually just had a... <laughs> brain freeze. Uh, in terms of City, I think they have scored 12 goals in the last 8 home games. So, by, that's one and a half goals a game. So, that's that, by no means that's prolific. I don't see them scoring more than 3 to 4 goals. I know 3 to 4 goals is a lot though. So, in terms of the attack, I won't go KDB. Even though his stats are absolutely amazing, he has 20 attempted assists in the last 5 games which is uh, four attempted assists a game. He has four assists in the last five games. But somehow I just feel that when Silva comes in, then Aguero may become an option next week. Sane, Sterling are there. Uh, Fernandinho plays. So there are like a lot of players who fit into that. Uh, Yaya Toure may come in. So there are so many players who can get into that team and there might be rotation. I feel that KDB might have lesser minutes than we actually are assuming. Also, he's hit the woodwork 10 times. So he's been a little unlucky. If he plays, he's definitely not going to do well. I just don't see him playing both the matches a full 90 minutes. And for that reason, I don't think I'll get him in. If I have him, obviously I'll keep him. But again, one of those uh, don't buy and don't sell sort of situations. It's an interesting one. I think the, um, the the discussion I'd have around KDB, he's now the, like we said, the highest assisting player in the league. He's got 15 this season, so he's catching up with Ozil from last term. And I think the thing that benefits him more recently why he's come back on the radar is the form of Jesus. So Jesus has now played, he's played a number of games for City and he's actually got four goals and two assists in the games that he started. So he is looking clinical. That's possibly where KDB is benefiting. Um, Jesus has got pretty much free reign on starting for City whilst Aguero's out. The other thing is if we look at Leicester, in the last four game weeks, shots conceded 33. So if they don't shut up shot at the back, then they look a side where City could get some joy going forward and uh, potentially some returns against them. So um, I think we could go either way on this one. Yeah, Leicester have actually conceded 15 goals away from home in the last eight away games. So that's about two goals uh, a game. So it, that's not really impressive. And the other op- uh, opponent is uh, West Brom, who've conceded 14 goals away from home yeah. in the last eight matches. And so that's about two games, uh, two goals a game. So and City have scored about one and a half a game. So you can say three to four goals is the sort of uh, like the benchmark that you can put uh, on City goals this week. If you look at last season, I think they had possibly their share of luck for the next 10 seasons in the last <laughs> season. So, I don't really... I, if I was a Leicester fan, I would just like stop. Uh, I wouldn't complain. I don't see many of them complaining, actually. But if I was one, I would never complain after what happened last season. <laughs> it was an inspired season. Chaps, it's a really interesting debate about City. I think I'm going to move us on just because we're, uh, we're, we're well and truly into the pod now. We are, we are right up there. Um, and speaking of being right up there... Let's talk about Manchester United because uh, if we look at their game week fixtures coming up, they've got Tottenham away and then Southampton away on the Wednesday. So two tough ties coming right up there. Sid, can I come to you first to discuss United? Iceman's just uh, checking his notes. Um, nothing. I have nothing, nothing to say. Nothing you're not interesting. Okay, I have nothing t- to t- say. Tell me why. After- 
I'm the, the performance yesterday was uh, was I think um, the, the closest word I can think of is disgraceful. Six six at the I think there were six players at the back at one point. Smalling and Jones are absolutely terrible. I don't know uh, the other. I can't think of another adjective for them. Juan uh, Zebe I think was very good. He's uh, again a price friendly option. I don't know if he'll play both the games, but he's a he's an option. Uh, other than that, I really can't think. I think if Twanzeb is the only option, I think you can pro- possibly write them off and just forget about them. Even though I think Marshall, Marta, etc. might play two games, but I don't. I don't know if even if they'll be able to. If even if they produce the chances, I don't know who'll score the chances because they have Shrek Rooney, who's a club legend. Obviously, I shouldn't be talking about him like that. Uh, but the miss against Arsenal is is has just. I think exemplified what his uh, current situation is, and just stay away. I say absolutely stay away. Yeah, I think with Tuan Zerbe, we've had a few um, people asking questions about him. I think I, d- I really like the way that he looked against Arsenal. You know, Sanchez was by no means giving him the runaround. I know they've conceded two, but um, certainly not from Sanchez's efforts. He's a young player. I think Mourinho likes the look of him, and cause he's been on the bench a number of times. And with this, uh, with Europa League for United, I think he could come into rotation towards the end of the season as United's players are slowly breaking down game by game so again I think he would be one I would think about as if you're trying to make up ground in a mini league if you've got him in as a differential and you're playing your bench boost I think then if he sat on your bench you've got nothing to lose there as a cheap option way into the United defence I don't think he's a bad shout yeah if you're looking for to make up money maybe yeah bench boost I want option. more money <laughs> yeah for me no United players not at all uh, I'm not going there I don't think anyone's really considering many United players at the moment. The death of Ibrahimovic has uh, really put a nail in the coffin for all of us on United by the sounds of it, even for the United supporting Sid. Uh, let's come to Tottenham then, chaps. So I don't know what happened in the East End of London, but there's been some fantastic videos since. I particularly enjoyed Wagner's uh, rendition of celebrating Spurs' downfall. <laughs> Either way, I still think there's uh, there's points here for them. They don't want to slip up like they did. I mean, they're pretty much safe in second now, aren't they? But they yeah. want to have a good end to the season and finish on a high. Their double game week fixtures. They're at home against United, who we've just pretty much berated there, and then their following fixture after that is away at Leicester so again two potentially tricky fixtures Iceman any thoughts on Spurs they only need a point now so a lot of people are looking at removing Kane but I still think that Kane's going to want to get that golden boot so I'm hanging on to him against uh, United and Leicester he's capable of scoring against them he's capable of scoring against anyone really I'm not moving any of my uh, Spurs players. I only have two in Kane and Alley. I think if you have tripled up on the Spurs assets, I think that that's where you're probably looking at moving one of them out. Because obviously it must have killed you in the last game with none of them actually scoring anything. So I, th- I think, yeah, it's too too risky to actually get rid of them because they could score good, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily hold on all three. If you've got two, uh, keep them. Yeah, three I'd remove. Said any th- uh, thoughts on Spurs? Yeah, I, I'll give you a few reasons why I think you should keep Spurs. They're great at home. They score tons of goals. They create a lot of chances. They have a point to prove that they won't uh, go away like last season. 
and the only the reason which i keep on hearing uh, from people is that they already have second locked in and they have nothing to play for their last game at white hart lane against united uh, the golden boot for kane which is i think because uh, lukaku is absolutely switched off is a possibility i think there are tons of reasons for people to keep kane i don't see because there's a lot of group think these days so everyone is on the costa in for kane uh, uh, train i just feel that it's very short term thinking i would keep kane Uh, I would also, if a lot of people have seen uh, wanting to drop Eriksson, Eriksson has 19 attempted assists in the last five games and seven shots on target. So I don't know what what people who are, th- are possibly thinking when they want to drop him. Kane has 12 shots on target in the last five games. Ali has three shots on target. Ali has six attempted assists. I I would keep all of them if I had them. I would keep all of them. The I only interesting. Yeah, the only interesting debate uh, that I have uh, heard on a lot on Twitter is uh, if people should keep Davies because Rose is expected back. Uh, I really don't think the day that Rose is going to start a game out of the two because he's just come back. Full team integration has just started. I just think that day Rose is going to possibly miss out and maybe play the last fixture. I think Davies also. I would keep him if I had him. Yeah, I've, I've got Davies, and I will be possibly sticking to that now. I'm. I've been made a little bit nervous about Davis with the returning rows, but I, yeah, I think your safe bet is to play him for this last uh, double game week. The other thing I would say as well, the same scenario with Chelsea. They haven't actually won the league yet. So again, you could go into this game week if Chelsea by some miracle slip up and Tottenham have still got a sniff. Why not have their players in ready to field, you know, as they're going to fight towards the end? So I think um, absolutely Tottenham aren't going to die on us. I think we're going to see them playing well until the end of the season. So I've got, I've got, confidence in that. Yeah, actually I agree with your point because uh, Chelsea the first game that they're playing is West Brom away. So West Brom are, are Tony Pulis is a, a, a notorious one and I think uh, he could really like try to spoil the party. So you never know and if Chelsea actually slip up, Tottenham might have their uh, might have their uh, antennas up and they might just possibly uh, go for it because Chelsea play before Tottenham. So if Chelsea slip up, all the more reason to have. So I think just stick with them. Both of them have very similar sort of situations. You stick with them. You don't sell them. Also, you possibly don't buy them. Yeah, I think that's a fair. I think it's a fair comment. Said. Well, we've got another double game week sides to think about, and uh, and that is Sunderland. So Sunderland, if we're looking at their fixtures, they've got a home tie against Swansea. They're away at Arsenal. They are also relegated. So the only player that I can say is potentially viable to have as an enabler, and because he's been brilliant this season, is Pickford. Another nine points over the weekend, again with nothing to play for. That's about the only player I can offer you from Sunderland at the moment. Open question to Sid and the Iceman. Anyone else you'd add to this? Well, I would, I would have said that Kone would have been another option, only because he is actually the best tackler in the league with 92% of his attempted tackles successful, and that obviously rates well in the bonus point system. So they're obviously going to be playing Arsenal. And sorry, who else was there? Uh, they've got Arsenal and they've also got Swansea at home. So Swansea actually fighting to stay up. So that's yeah. going to mean something. Yeah, it, it means that there's probably going to be a lot of tackles. Maybe if you're, again, looking for an enabler for money, then Kone could be a good option. Can I just check that? So what you're saying is your rationale for picking Kone, I love this, is because Sunderland are down and Swansea are fighting to keep up. Loads <laughs> of, they're going to kick, yeah. kick ten bells yeah. out of each other and I actually, pick up a load of tackling points. Yeah. I That's brilliant. That's the first time you've used an intuitive uh, rationale to pick a player all season 
Um, given you're sat here next to me for once, I'm going to award you a Fantasy Football Surgery podcast placement. Oh, well done, much. sir. Thanks Fantastic. Good work. Um, Sid... <laughs> <laughs> Do you yeah, want to come in on uh, that about Sunderland? Yeah, I'm I'm going to come in and it's going to sound a little funny, but I, for some reason I actually agree with him on Kone. Now my reason is I think even sure. even weirder than his reason, and my reason is because uh, Vere Ronka, who was uh, fantasy football scout Hall of Fame number one, has him. <laughs> so once he has him, then he's yeah. going to score for sure. So I think uh, just because of that, I'm going to like it's just intuitive, and I just feel that with Pickford, anything could happen. And because Kone luckily plays in that defense where Pickford somehow gets them three, three to four clean sheets a, a season, I think you can possibly punt on him. If you have him, I think it's not a bad uh, sort of situation to be in. Also, I think uh, big Victor Nishibi is an option. I think many people got him in into that three-five-two system. So I think he's uh, one you can expect uh, four to uh, seven points from. So I, d- I don't think it's uh, for for the price that they come in. I think they're okay value. I thought the Sunderland chat was going to be quite quick, but actually I think there's some good value players in there now. Um, another team that perhaps we... I mean, the 12th place... Well, no, not 12th place at all, sorry. Um, West Bromwich Albion, 8th place. So they're on 45 points now. After about three quarters of the season, I think we all started to lose faith in the likes of McCauley and, and uh, we stopped talking about Brunt and Phillips died off a while ago. They have two double, two games in the double game week as well. So uh, they will be playing, we've mentioned them already, they're home against Chelsea they're away against Manchester City so some absolutely garbage fixtures for them Sid you've just given us a nice rationale on a Sunderland player what about West Brom is there anyone from them you can call no nothing oh. <laughs> I really worked so hard to build that up Iceman can you save me um, Dawson potential goal scoring corner header because they've scored the most goal from corners this season be honest with me is Dawson out jumping company not, not the last four games. <laughs> no, no. Um, not at all. But you never know. <laughs> the lads got Yeah, even, even you never know how to know in it. No, exactly. So, that's, a, that's a great quote. We, we should get that on a t-shirt or something. You never know how to know. Okay, West Bromwich Albion, no. Um, so, chaps, uh, the remaining fixtures I'm going to come to now. Now, obviously, bearing in mind, we're in a double game week, so some people won't be punting. But there are some individuals, I think, left in these individual fixtures that some people who are wanting to save transfers over the course of the season for the final game of the season might be looking at. We've got Bournemouth versus Burnley. And once again, Josh King has come up, albeit dubious, with an assist. So he's continued his run of scoring points. For me, he's actually remained within my double game week team. I'm going to keep Josh King until the end of the season. He's got Bournemouth for what? Sorry, Leicester away on the last day. For me, King's a keeper now until the end of the season. Iceman. Yeah, if I had him, I would keep him uh, till the end of the season. They've but got, would you bring him in now? They've got the fiction. Bringing him in. I did think about it, knowing that Chelsea were actually going to be winning the league probably next week. Uh, now, uh, I kind of thought, well, Pedro, maybe he's not an option now. Maybe he's going to get rotated with William and maybe even some uh, some other Chelsea players. Maybe even he's the, got your cleaning the, tonight, though, hasn't he? He did get me that cleaning. That's a, that's a good one point. But I, I did think about taking him out for the likes of King or even the likes of Siggy. These are um, players which are playing well in form. Siggy's got something to play for, maybe. Uh, but yeah, King was an option to bring in. I, I'm still yet to think about it. I need to kind of think about it a bit more. He is playing up front. He more or less scored that goal in the last game. So to me, you, could, you can see points nearly every game for King. In a way, I'm kind of regretting I didn't bring him in for my wild card. But now, 
Uh, I've kind of got this decision whether to do it or not. I don't know. It's it's still a thinker for me. I think if you've got him, keep him, and if you've got the hole to bring him in, do consider it. Yes. That's yeah. For it, so. for me, I think uh, just two stats again. I'll say this again: as shots on target, six for King, attempted assists, eight for King in the last five games. So uh, he's the he's I call him the bad dream because I never had him. Yeah. So uh, he's the gift which has given everyone but me. I I think I've just given up on him because he's again going to do it again and again. The other player I just I wasn't on the pod last week, but the uh, if I was I would have suggested was Adam Smith. He actually in fact came good this week. He hit he the did. post and he had an assist. Plus he has six attempted assists for a right back in the last five games. So I think he's one to watch out for. Like um, I don't know if anyone's in this, in that sort of mood, but if you're Friday night, if you're tinkering and uh, if you feel like being in like a funny sort of mood, then I think Adam Smith is one I could look at. Yeah, Smith did. Uh, I, I was noticing him actually. He's make Smith last season was great going forward in that brilliant Bournemouth backline. Haven't been quite as successful this season, but um, definitely coming forward uh, towards the end of the season, he's shown a little bit more. Chaps, we saw uh, Vokes get a couple of goals over the weekend for Burnley. Do you see any value in them at all until the end of the season now, Sid? No, I I don't think so. No. Iceman? No, they are, they are almost safe now, are they? Yeah, they are safe. They're yeah. on, I think they're on 40 points and they have a very good goal difference. On 40, yeah, good goal difference. It's between Palace, Swansea and Hull for that final relegation spot, isn't it, really? Watford and Burnley are just in that safe zone. And can I just say what a brilliant job Deitch has done keeping oh, them in the lead. Yeah. To get them 14th, yeah. I think, with that team that literally couldn't do anything on the road all yeah, year. Terrible. That was absolutely brilliant. And it's hats off to Tom Heaton, who until recently has been oh. wonderful this really season. Good. I think that they're actually one team which has actually played like a like a unit. I don't see any sort of other than Heaton and maybe Kane. I don't see any like strikingly good quality player, but they somehow just keep on getting those results, getting those one points, all the home results, nothing away actually. But uh, they're only they're only three points behind Leicester. And that, that says a lot about their season, doesn't it? So, okay, Or so maybe about Leicester's uh, season. Exactly. Talks volumes. <laughs> um, and interestingly, actually, for a team that's not scoring, only five, five different in the goal difference there. So I'm going to move us on, chaps, to Palace versus Hull. Now, Palace are a team that still could go down. They're on 38 points. So this game against Hull is pretty much a it's absolutely huge in this one so both sides have to get the win here otherwise Hull are gone Palace again I get a little bit of affection for them in the last double game with Benteke playing so well seems to have gone a bit quiet again in the last few weeks and again losing Sacco seems to have made a bit of a difference to that Iceman can you shout anybody from Palace uh, I suppose if, you, if you're in a situation where you didn't wildcard last week and you have got a Palace player, you would play him in this game. It's difficult depending on what that price range which you're in. I mean, like if you've got the likes of Zaha, uh, obviously you're, you're bench boosting, are you, Sid? So you're playing Zaha for this game, are you? So I have Zaha and Benteke both. I'm actually transferring both of them out. <laughs> so I'll be honest. on keeping them for this particular No, game? I'm not. I'll actually tell you something uh, which I uh, saw recently. It's actually the sort of situation where you can't, where you don't know which team is worse in this sort of fixture. They both need it, but they don't know how to get it. So Hull are the worst, have the worst away record. In fact, they even beat Burnley to their away record. They have six points in 18 games. Burnley have seven points. So they're that terrible. 
on the other hand you you may think that because they're so bad away from home crystal palace might get the points but crystal palace are, are actually the second worst home team they have 17 points out of the 18 games only beaten by sunderland so both of them are very very bad uh, in their own right and I, i would just stay away from this game i'm dropping both and even though it's a great home fixture for uh, for palace I, i don't think they'll score many so i think get rid A stat which I did look at is that Hull City have conceded the most from corners and Benteke loves the header. I consider maybe maybe holding on to him Sid. Uh, they have they have uh, I'll have Harry Maguire actually. Uh, I don't know. I think they'll man mark uh, Benteke out of the game and Sako isn't playing. Zaha is an option. I would have kept him if I didn't need uh, Hazes. I'm actually getting Hazes in for Benteke, so today is the case. I have to drop Zaha down. I I don't think I'll keep any of them. Uh, I've thought about it again, and it just makes me feel uh, uneasy. Yeah, I think if we look at Palace's players, I'm just looking at them in the transfer list, and they're pretty much hemorrhaging. You know, seven and a half thousand people have got rid of Zaha today. I'd love looking at little stats like this. Interestingly, Aaron Wan Bissaka of Palace has been transferred in by two people today. Um, I've no idea who that is, but if 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 you you, you did that, um, please let us know. I will send you a place, Matt, because uh, that that is disgusting. Yeah, <laughs> I I think I think I want to know what they're smoking because uh, this is outrageous. That that is outrageous. That that's lazy. That that's casual and it's very very finest. Okay, so we've looked at Palace. We've looked a little bit at Hull there. I've seen you know, there's still people transferring in Jakubovic. But let's get on to the next fixture: West Ham versus Liverpool to round off our game week. West Ham holding Spurs. Incredible result for them. West Ham season gradually petering out. They're on 42 points now. They've got to be looking to the summer. Iceman, anyone from West Ham you fancy? No, <laughs> not really. Sid, anyone from you? No, none from both of the teams. What about the opposition then, Liverpool? Because again, they've uh, they've come up trumps for my uh, my force to pick with the penalty miss. But I'm just wondering, anyone from you said for Liverpool? I don't think so. I no. just can't think of anyone who can uh, really get the points. And that to a single game week player, not a not a very no value player like Josh King or someone. I don't see anyone really doing well there. No, the only thing I would say is if you've got any Liverpool players, they are playing Borough in the last game of the season and they are fighting for the top four. So they do need to get some points from somewhere. Iceman, I know you've been a big uh, a big shouter of Origi this season. He was absolutely slated on Talksport today. Oh, um, <laughs> Coutinho hasn't done so well. I mean, is there anyone that you anyone you fancy from Liverpool? Yeah, like you say, they're they're fighting for the top four, so they've got to do something. They they didn't play badly in the last game. It's just Southampton shut up shop and they couldn't get through. I don't know if I had a a player. I don't think I don't know if I'll get rid. If you've got like Coutinho, Firmino, I'll probably keep them. But anyone else, probably not. West Ham are improving now, though, aren't they? They seem to be playing better at home as well. I wouldn't necessarily um, count the chickens, knowing that they're. Going to score many goals at all against them. So no, I, I just I would stay away from both teams. Yeah, Liverpool have scored nine goals in their last eight away games, which is a goal a game. So and West Ham actually looked pretty decent against Spurs. I don't see the yeah. I the think value it's one there. of those ones I'd be drawn to if it wasn't a double game week and there weren't viable options. Any Liverpool player you're putting in is going to be eight million plus going forward at the back five million. So. There's just not enough value compared to people playing twice, I don't think, in this one. 
Chaps, that brings us to the end of our game week fixtures. There's some teams we've uh, skimmed over a little bit, but we've mainly covered the main ones. But one thing I can tell you is the Iceman needs to take a comfort break. We'll be back shortly. back uh the iceman is uh, fully relieved and we're ready to go so it's time to sum up everybody and uh, running through the game week fixtures we've got the arsenal playing twice in the double game week we like the look of sanchez keep the faith if you've got him no point in shipping him out at this point especially with stoke and sunderland potentially captain potential we talked about the issue of holding and holding and gabrielle we still think well at least half the podcast think that holding is still a viable and cheap option if you can afford him Koscielny is the obvious starter and as a differential if you're chasing in a mini league Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain is a right wing back looks very very tasty going forwards and back Saints have a double game week as well those of you probably would have already profited from it however we like Forster we like Yoshida and Stevens and Suarez looks like a uh, decent option as well Chelsea they've also got a double game week so we talked about the obvious ones Hazard again in great form this season looks to be a banker until the end Alonso playing great as well. Differential option, potentially Fabregas. Even when he's coming on, he's assisting and providing at the moment, the only risk being his game time. Watford, we looked at their game against Everton and Chelsea. Two big fixtures and they provide nothing in terms of options at the moment. So we're not shouting them. Leicester, again, a little bit of form towards the end of the season, creeping up to around ninth place now. Vardy is bang on form, doing something every fixture. Mares putting himself in the shot window for the end of the season, but also great shout from Sid Huth. Seems to have been fairly consistent when Leicester have played well this season. Manchester City, we had a big chat around KDB. Do listen to that. It's a difficult one. However, if you want to make room for him, we do fancy him. He's got the highest assist rate in the league this season. Jesus looks a good, cheaper option up front and fairly regular scorer for City. Four goals, two assists since he's been starting. Company has absolutely woven that defence together. He's got attacking returns as well, and the Iceman can't sing his praises enough on his bench. And then we've got United, who amazingly, in spite of having two games, were just a little bit thrown by their form and their Europa League fixtures. Twanzebi appears to be the one that everyone is talking about and could be a, a realistic option. Mourinho is rotating him in at the end of the season, and he did look decent against Arsenal. Keep your spurs. That's the message from us with regards to Tottenham. They still have something to play for going into this double game week. So we would stick with Harry, stick with Ericsson, keep with, um, with Delhi as well. And we talked about Davis, and it's probably not worth getting rid of him just yet because of Rose coming back. We still think he's going to play those games. Sunderland, amazingly, we actually were able to offer two players in Kone and Pickford. Cheap price options, and the Iceman loves Kone's tackle rate. <laughs> West Brom, we didn't think anybody were any good for them, so we haven't shouted anybody. And then we came back to the final fixture, so Bournemouth and Burnley. We like the idea of keeping King, and a great shout from Sid is the form of Smith. Palace versus Hull. A few people are transferring in Jakubovic, but really we're not shouting anyone from these teams. And finally, West Ham against Liverpool. Exciting fixture. Liverpool chasing top four. And we managed to shout no one from them. So, very much thinking about the double game week sides. But that is the wrap-up. Nice sum up, Paul. Thank you very much. Captain's choice. Sid, who are you going for in this double game week? Uh, I'll actually nominate two people. Hazus 
डेफिनेटली गुड फिक्सचर्स जस्ट लिटल वरी अबाउट हिस्स गेम टाइम आई होप पेप डिप आउट गो फॉर For me, the safest option again. Um, a lot of people would go for Sanchez. I'm going to not captain him. Uh, I might go for Harry Kane. Last game at uh, White Hart Lane, a lot of people will be dropping him maybe for Costa. Just makes it a little more exciting. And I think even Leicester can concede. Uh, Kane will be going for the Golden Boot. I just feel that there are a few goals left in Kane this season. Yeah, so I have to agree with that around uh, Kane. He looks like a great option chasing that Golden Boots. Um, coming to you, Ice Man. Any thoughts on captain? I think there are so many options this week. You can go with nearly any of the double gaming players playing for the big teams. And the likes of Hazard, Jesus, Sanchez, even De Bruyne. People are thinking about bringing De Bruyne in and, and thinking he's going to be a differential captain. We had, uh, we had a question from Captain Kingpin, Simon Garner. He put uh, KDB nailed on for both double game week 37 games. And if so, is he a good differential captain? He might not be a differential captain. I think people are actually looking to bring him in and then captain him. For me, I'm going either Hazard or Sanchez. I'm kind of I'm going to leave it on Sanchez, and I'm hoping that he's going to perform against Southampton. If he doesn't, he gets nothing. The stats are poor. I probably won't, and I'll, I'll keep on Hazard. If he does, then yeah, I think I'm going to go Sanchez. I think that's a great shout. Yeah, so I think um, I think if you've got Sanchez, that's the way that I would be going. But um, Harry Kane, I think as I have got Sanchez, is going to be the man for me over those two game weeks. Iceman, any uh, are there any questions that we haven't answered from social media? Yeah, we've got a few. Thank got you for those. One from Sigurd Eskeland. He's put, "What are the best differential captain picks for uh, game week 37?" So as we, as I just said, we just kind of talked through them. Which do you think are the differential captain picks? I don't consider KDB as a differential, in my opinion. What do you reckon on that, Sid? Who's your differential captain pick for this week? Yeah, so I think uh, a lot of this happens because uh, we are on Twitter and it all seems like everyone's getting KDB in, but Twitter is a very small part of the whole population. I feel that KDB is actually a good option. Even though I don't endorse this option, I feel Ozil might be a good option uh, as a differential, but I wouldn't really, really support that. But if someone really wants to catch up and really wants to go for an Arsenal player because of their good fixtures... Maybe Ozil you can look at. Other than that, I really don't see anyone much. Okay, but what's your? What do you reckon? Well, I think um, Jesus may be a not a differential pick, but could be a differential captain. I think people will jump at the bigger players before they go for him. But his strike rate and his rate is not in doubt. So I would say Jesus, the ultimate differential, I think is possibly going to be Gabbiadini because people would have punted for him over these double double game weeks, and I don't think he's done quite enough for everybody to to think let's go for him. So he could be a differential I think what would make that decision it depends how Saints fare against Arsenal if he looks sharp and plays potentially an option but I think at the moment not quite showing enough you have the differential would you go with Hazard is that a differential captain probably not because he's probably a little bit higher up there other than that you'd just say Vardy I would say probably I mean a lot of people all the goalkeepers seem to be scoring really well in these double game weeks and uh, if you look at De Gea scoring 17 over a uh, double game with before, I think, I think Grant scored uh, about 13 points. Oh, uh, and, yeah. you know, checks on eight at the moment. So he's he's doing well. And then no, Faze Foster. How can you forget Foster? Yeah, yeah. Forrester who's on 16. So <laughs> yeah, how could all, you forget to select Forrester? <laughs> all these players are doing really well. They're all playing in goal. If you're maybe chasing and want to go something really punty, I think that maybe a keeper in terms of Caballero, he 
could be a great differential captain option. I think if you've got the balls, go for him. So potential differential captain choice, Iceman. What's the next question? We've got FPL Conundrum. He's put one forward to rule, rule them all. Costa has a double game week, but might be champ by then. Lukaku versus Watford, but boy, they looked poo. Should we consider them? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm all out for uh, these double game week teams. I would say there's so so much of a high ceiling for these. I say it all the time about the double game weeks. Is that the ceiling's so high that all the single game week players are just? You look at people captaining Kane this week. They, he's not got another option to try and improve that score which he got. I know he came close to scoring, but yeah, with these two two games, they've got two chances to bring in big hauls and Lukaku for me not an option I would always, always go with uh, if, you, if you're getting rid of Costa just bring in the likes of Vardy or someone like that um, yeah, there are loads, loads of different options you can choose from in these strikers what, what do you guys say what, what do you reckon Billy uh, I really like Costa for this you know, he's hungry they've got a, potentially on the verge of another title like we said I, I think there's goals for him there if not against West Brom definitely against Watford I could see him scoring twice and that's if you put me on the on the line, Costa or Lukaku, it's uh, Diego for me. Okay, and Sid? Um, neither for me. Uh, not Costa. If you're removing Kane or Jesus, if you're removing Gabbardi and if you have a great team value, then yes, you can get Costa. And not, I wouldn't captain him because of uh, the second game. Maybe Bacho, I might play that game. Again, I, I can't 100% say that because we haven't seen much rotation from Conte. But he might just want to play those uh, the guys in the last games. Lukaku, I don't think he's even in my top six strikers that I would want to have in this week. So definitely not. Um, we've, we've also got another question from at uh, TZB. He's both got his triple captain and his bench boost left. Oh, what is it, what is he going to use it for? Is he is he going to use bench boost for this weekend and triple captain for next week, or is it best to use that triple captain option on the likes of either Hazard or Sanchez or you know, all these good ca- different captain options to choose from? What, his, what, what, what got, do you do? Have we got his team? We we don't. Great, know. great. So that that helps me nothing. So we're just going by common sense, yeah, just I, assuming he's got I, good players. Hazard, Sanchez, Kane. I think that's what you can assume. But what what would you do, Sid? Like if you had both both chips, would you use? Uh, yeah, this week or no? I would just yeah, I would just have a triple captain this week because I'm anyway assuming if you don't didn't know this, he would probably not have uh, many double gaming players on the bench. Just triple captain this week, the best triple captain possible. Hazard, Sanchez, Kane, Hazes, all good options, and bench boost next week. Anyway, he's maybe if if he has just single game week players. In both weeks, then rather bench boost next week because there are a few good fixtures, so um, not much of a difference. And the triple captain is actually the the the, the chip which can actually make that ten uh, eight to ten point difference in the in the week. So I think I'd probably triple captain this week, bench boost the last week. Interesting. Yeah, I, I think I've got a sick. If you can post your squad up, that'd be brilliant. Not not you, Sid. The uh, the, the the person that sent us this. Question. Yeah, I think we'd be you, happy to answer that. If you've got 15 or 14 in the double game week, then I'd be bench boosting and maximising your potential there. Because, as Sid says, there are actually some real good fixtures in that last game week where one player could score high. But um, I just don't... Unless I know what the squad is, I can't really tactically... I think I think even with even with 14 players, I might not. If, suppose, say, say I have James Watt-Prost uh, and Holgate on my bench, I would probably still not bench boost this week because these guys would anyway get four points. So... If I had, say, like a, a Caballero and a Czech in, on the bench, 
one of them is getting benched then i have say i need to be on the bench or something like this then i probably look at the bench boost but it all, it totally depends on the players that he has on the bench so yeah, a squad it, it, would be nice it totally does but it, i mean you look at it last year i think i got about 25 points off of my sanchez triple captaincy uh, and my bench boost, I think, was only worth about 13 points. So it does depend on your team. It does depend what you've got coming up. I think maximise on these double game weeks as much as possible with the, the bench boost. But as you say, if you've got rubbish players on your bench, then yeah, triple captain. Okay, that's uh, that's all for Twitter for this week, uh, Ball. Um, thanks for all your questions, guys. We appreciate it. Keep them coming every week. Thank you very much for that, Iceman. Yes, thank you, listeners, once again. The uh, the questions make for a very interesting pod and certainly shape our thinking. Which um, brings us to the end of episode 61 of the Fancy Football Surgery Podcast. I want to thank Sid once again for getting up at God knows what hour of the morning in India to be with us. Thank you very much. Yeah, thank you for having me on. Just one last thing, guys. I think we missed out on that. Uh, it's a Friday deadline this week. So just uh, for everyone, they have to keep this in mind while making the transfers. Great shout, great shout on that. Do not fall foul of the Friday deadline like Parker last season. There were some sour lemons there. Um, <laughs> um, Sid, just before you go, is there any? Uh, do you want to plug your Twitter account if people want to follow up on what you've said today and ask you more questions? Yeah, so my Twitter account is Fantasy Pest, and uh, you can get me on Twitter, and I'd be happy to answer any questions uh, that people have. Fantastic, thanks for that. Yeah, very much a tactical thinker is Sid, so do tap him up on Twitter for that. Um, ignore the name, he will not pester you back. Don't worry about that. Iceman, thanks a li- Thanks for joining us again. Yep, cheers Sid, thanks for coming on. Thanks Billy, cheers guys. Good luck in your game weeks, listeners. And I'm sure you'll all be very keen to know how you can get hold of us, so go to our website www.fancyfootballsurgery.com to learn more about the former and current surgeons. Find us on Facebook, typing in Fancy Football Surgery. You can subscribe to our podcast on iTunes under Fancy Football Surgery again. Give us a rating on there and review. Tell us what you like and what you don't. Or just give us a retweet when you're listening so we can get to know you. So you can also listen to us on SoundCloud. We generally do most of our activity on Twitter at FF underscore surgery. And you can also email us ffsurgerypodcast at Yahoo. Dot com. Uh, finally, just a few weeks left to join our mini league. Can you catch the bricklayers at the top? 17603 uh, is how you will join our mini league. Just, th- just to note, if uh, we do get over 100 retweets for our pinned tweet, which I will send out as soon as this is out then we will give out one of our Fancy Football Surgery placemats. To one of you, which we will draw from the list of people that retweeted us. Yes, that's great. <laughs> I don't have 100 uh, placemats to, uh, to dish out. I may well eventually. That's a developer for, for next season. So, thank you once again for listening, everybody. Uh, the last thing I want to reference today, very sad times. I feel like I've lost a piece of my childhood. Francesco Totti is retiring from Roma at the end of the season. Sad times all round. Good luck in your game weeks. Thanks once again.
Lovely. Lovely. Good. Yeah, I think that was good, yeah. That was good. Enjoyed it. Thanks for the uh, short notice uh, appearance, Sid. Yeah, yeah, appreciate it. No worries, guys. Happy to be on. I'll tell you what I'm just looking at quickly here. I'm I'm just looking on the the end of the season uh, league winners, Sid, for what I'm going to be giving to them. I'm trying to do a customised FPL uh, fancy football surgery stress ball. <laughs> yes, that is. Awesome. Wow, that'll be amazing. That, yeah, I think that'll a be a good idea, thing to have. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's a good idea. It's a good idea. We are right up there. Two tough ties coming right up there. We are right up there. Coming right up there. Right up there. Up the podcast. Up the podcast.